The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. So hello, 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 and welcome to the Pet Buzz from the Gulf Coast of Florida. So let's kick it off with the weekly countdown. I'm going to start in four. That's in segment four. Edwin Plotz, head of growth for policy, discusses the top five tax deductions for pets. Need that now, don't we? It's Mm -hmm. time for taxes. Three. In seg three, Tom Sharp, the president and CEO of AKC Reunite, the American Kennel Club's lost pet recovery service, talks about the outrageous theft of Lady Gaga's dog and the shooting of her dog walker, Ryan Fisher. Well, in two, in this portion of the show, I always dish about the celebrity pet buzz. This week, I'm talking about Mandy Moore and her dog Jackson, as well as Major and Champs rough housing in the White House. You know, and in Flex Facts, I speak about why dogs can stink. Stinky dogs. There's so many of them. And in segment one, as many of you know, we we lost two of our dogs, Thames first and then Hannah about two weeks ago. You know, almost every day when I check into Facebook, I'm always saddened to read the post because we see so many people who, who lost their pets. And I guess that's why I decided to invite our next guest, to talk about coping after a loss of a beloved pet. So joining us today is Colleen Rowland. After a 23-year career in portfolio management, she decided to pursue another career. She is certified as a pet loss grief recovery specialist through the American Association of Healthcare Professionals and trained as a pet bereavement counselor with the renowned Dr. Wallace Seif, a private practice psychologist and founder of the Association for Pet Lost and Bereavement. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Thank you very much. First of all, Um, I have to say huge thank you for letting me come on the show and shine some light on what we do in the pet loss and grief support field. So thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. And unfortunately, I have to experience this every week with mm-hmm. pet loss and, and the clients that deal with that pet loss. So what coping advice do you have for those who have recently lost a pet? First and foremost, know that the bond that people share with their animal is very, very strong. And when they lose that bond through death, there's a huge gaping hole in their life. You know, it's interesting because you, you find yourself, I think, when you're when you lose a pet, you know, you many of our fram, family and and friends and co-workers, they don't really understand their mm-hmm. that are understand our sadness when we do lose a pet. So and we get so many negative reactions. How do we know how to handle that? There are usually three responses that a bereaved somebody who is grieving the death of, of their pet three responses that they can have. One of them is to get ticked off that people don't understand the the depth of pain that you can feel. That's not a good way to handle anything. 
The second way is that you can become off kilter and, and you don't know how to deal with that. And then later on, when you think about it, you go, oh, why didn't I say this and try to explain? The third way is to be very direct and say, please understand that I have lost a dear friend and someone who understood me and gave me unconditional love. Respect my grief. Help me through it. Be more tolerant. That's a great answer. Great yeah, program. and I, it's it's perfect. I mean, it's perfect. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, because so many times you're in that situation. I know you had a question about family kids, members. Kids, I mean, yes. how do you comfort children who have lost a pet? Kids are very intuitive, and it's never a good idea to hide the fact that the pet has died. Depending on the age of the child, that will dictate how you deal with them. So for example, two to three years old, they have no life experience. They don't know what death is, but they should be told that the animal is, has died and is not coming back. What you can do to support children through the, the loss of a pet is to listen to them. Take it as an opportunity to talk to them about the life cycle. This, it's brilliant. If you can do that, they will carry their reaction to death throughout their life. So that's what I would say. Another brilliant answer by, <laughs> Colin, by Colin Rowland. I mean, I, I mean, this is so helpful. I mean, not only for us who have recently lost two pets, but for so many people out there, you know. Um, I'm just curious about mm -hmm. um, services that are available for those who need help, for those who are coping with a loss. What's out there? Okay, so first of all, be very thankful because now there are more services than ever before. Um, pet loss grief support is a relatively new field, but right now you can um, go and get help through a pet loss grief specialist. I have my own practice. We are out there. You can Google it. Um, you can go to a free chat room on our website for the association. People can get together, talk about their, their pets. Um, it's staffed by caring volunteers. There are a gazillion books right now, really, really good ones. And again, going back to children, there's some great children's books out there. You're not alone anymore. Share, share your grief. Talk to somebody about it. So what other advice do you have for those who have like recently lost a pet? Understand that there are stages of grief that you will go through exactly like losing a, a human. They are different, but they are similar. And be gentle with yourself. That animal companion was dear to you. You need to understand that that pain that is so sharp and searing will never really go away. It'll just dull over time. But your pet would want you to open up your heart to another pet that needs love. They're always going to be in your heart. You can tap into that love anytime you think about them. So I, I would just I would just say, know that as an animal person, you have an amazing ability to love and open your heart. So so maybe a statement can be made, you never replace, but you never. fill a, but you fill a void. 
Yeah. That's excellent, Dr. Fleck. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, yeah. I've had to give that uh, statement a number of times. Many and times. And it's very mm -hmm. painful. And I have to admit, I love this interview. It has to be a little bit painful for both of us because of our recent history. But mm -hmm. I, I have to offer one other thing, too, that was meant. I've been in practice for such a long time and, and had to go through a putting a, a pet through to the next life the other day. And it was the first time I heard something that was really great from the pet owner. The pet owner said to me, you know, our pet gave the name of the pet has lived a full life. And that really meant something to me mm -hmm. and it meant something to them. And I think it's much easier for them to cope because of that. Colleen, mm -hmm. thank you for coming to us today. It was a marvelous interview. It was a pleasure. And so important. And so helpful to, and so, so, many helpful people, to us, so many people out there. Charlotte and I, too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, just to remind you, that was Colleen Rowland, president of the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. We are so glad that she was able to join us today. To learn more about the association and for pet loss and bereavement services, visit aplb.org. That's A P lb.org. Now, if you're depressed, saddened, and you really are having a hard time coping with the recent loss of your four-legged family member, you know, don't be shy or worry about the reaction from others. We encourage you really to get help, talk to someone. Please express yourself. Exactly, because it's so stressful what's going on anyway, coupled with the loss of your pet. We want you to, and that might even be talking to someone, that might even be getting another pet. Like you said, you're not going to replace but you're filling that void. But you're filling that void. Well, just to remind you, up next, Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts, so stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. 
That's epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. All I have to do is say what a relief for Mandy Moore. So three hours before Mandy Moore, you know who she is. She is the This Is Us star. Before she went into labor, she was assured by the news that her dog Jackson was cancer free. So imagine this: she's just about to go into labor and she's all worried about her dog. And then she finds out. And it was really therapeutic and relaxing for her. It seems that Moore's dog underwent emergency surgery for a tumor. Moore found out that the dog had a clean bill of health hours before the birth of her son. And after the good news, Moore had more than one reason to celebrate after welcoming her newborn son, Augustus Harrison. So we wish Jackson, baby Gus, Moore and her husband much love and happiness. Okay, so let's move on to a presidential note. It's important to note that a dog should never bite the hand that protects them. Okay, so President Joe Biden's two shepherds, Champ and Major, were sent home to Delaware on uh, last Monday following an incident by the younger dog, Major. It seems that the dogs were removed from the White House after a biting incident involving Major. That's the new rescue dog and a White House security member. The security members injuries and conditions are not known at this time, but it remains clear if the dogs will remain in Delaware indefinitely or if they will return to Washington, D.C. I'm sure the Bidens will hire a dog trainer to work out these little problems. I know (laughs) Jill had talked about getting these dogs adjusted to living in the White House, and I think that's a hard adjustment. All of a sudden, there's so many people around, Mm. dashing around in the offices and everything. Mm -hmm. So it can be scary. And um, and then, you know, obviously avoiding eye contact. So. What do you think is Champ and Major going to return to the White House? We want to hear from you. Let us know. Post on our social media channels or write to us at team at the pet OK, flex facts. That's what we've all been waiting for. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about why dogs stink. (laughs) That's a smelly topic. Okay, so what causes dogs to stink? Well, the top reasons for smelly dog is the fur has odor from the apocrine sweat glands, bacteria, fungus infection and skin irritation. Interesting. That's a lot of reasons. It's a lot of reasons. And don't forget, I said apocrine sweat glands because people mostly know that pets don't really have a lot of the sweat glands that we do. Okay. So let's talk about canine sweat. Okay. Well, dogs don't sweat and produce body odor like humans. That's with the equine sweat glands. Mm -hmm. They do admit a little perspiration from their hair follicles. Mm -hmm. And with regular bathing and grooming, the natural smell can be kept under control. But if the smell seems to be too much, it may signify an unwanted bacteria or fungus infection. But it is important to note that your dog could be overproducing oils as a response to too many baths if you're using the wrong product. That's an important feature there. So keep your dog baths to 
possibly once a week, as I recommend with the proper shampoo. Once a week. Once a week. What happened to once a month? Once a month is when we didn't have as good of pet shampoos. Okay. Now that we have the quality shampoos, it can be beneficial that you can actually bathe your pet as frequently as we bathe ourselves. Okay. And still be beneficial. But don't hesitate to bathe your dog. When he or she is really dirty, too. I think twice a month for me is fine. And then occasionally if somebody gets dirty. OK, so what about skin infections? So many of the popular dog breeds like the English Bulldog, Sharpays, and even the Frenchies with wrinkly overlapping skin folds on their body or their faces, they're particularly susceptible to skin issues and the odor. Mm -hmm. So if your dog is particularly smelly, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. word always makes me laugh. And gosh, just think how many Frenchies are out there yeah. right now. Be prepared to clean your dog's body and facial wrinkles with a canine body wash or shampoo or something that your veterinarian recommends. Okay. Not only giving full baths, but a wipe down a few times a week can help, especially in those folds. Okay. You don't want to leave the shampoo on, but so you got to rinse it off, right? Yeah, but depending upon the shampoo, and this is important, when you're using a shampoo that can be effective to help the skin in the coat and maybe for, for fleas and ticks, mm -hmm. you should leave it on for at least 10 minutes before you okay. rinse. That's a good idea. So leave it on and then rinse it out. Okay. But, but rinse it. It's important to get the shampoo off of the body of the vet. If the BO persists, talk to your vet about a course of testing diagnosis and treatment for that particular problem. Okay. So Dr. Fleck, you know, have you ever heard of some dog owners saying that their dog's paws smell like corn chips? And I've, so why is this the case? Why is this so? Unfortunately, I, I see this not on a regular basis, but regular enough. So dogs do perspire, as we were saying, from their feet. The natural and common odor of a corn-based snack food arises, and it smells like that. When perspiration mixes with the bacteria or even the, the cleanest paws can have can, a smell, can have that smell. Okay. But why corn chips? The bacteria called protea or pseudomonas give off a nasty, yeasty smell. So dog owners can keep the smell at a manageable level by washing paws on a regular basis with a good antifungal and antibacteria shampoo and or spray. Mm -hmm. So if the smell is overwhelming, Take your pet to the vet in case you got an infection and needs further treatment. Okay, so let's talk about other causes that can cause dogs to smell. Anal glands. Oh, they are really smelly. Ugh. They're smell fishy. The scent glands of the skunk and the scent glands of a pet. Those are two horrible things. Ugh. I know. Uh, but they're one of the common uh, reasons for dog smelly smelling. dogs. Yeah. Okay. So if the glands are not expressed naturally when your dog does poop, they can become impacted and stinkier than ever. So if your dog is not expressing his glands naturally, you might need to help your dog express them with a trip to the vet. Can you do it yourself? Okay. We don't recommend you do it yourself because it must be an internal expression. Okay. You can't express it from the outside. And also, outside. if you're not prepared, it can be all smelly all over your house, right? Yes. And reminds me, so when you go to the groomer, the groomer is not supposed to continue to express those. This is a veterinary we procedure. We got to wrap this up, Dr. Fleck. Okay. What about farty dogs? Also, a gas can be another reason that your dog can smell bad. <laughs> so chronic gas passers are merely exhibiting a mild intolerance to one or more of the ingredients in the diets. However, 
Specific gastrointestinal conditions can be in place. So the seriously flatulent should see a veterinarian. Don't forget about asparagus and broccoli because they'll cause the odor. And of course, we can't forget smelly ears and bad breath. We just visited with the great veterinary dentist, Dr. Jan Bellows, last month. For Pet Dental Health Month. Uh And he encouraged pet owners to brush pet's teeth a few times a week or, if possible, once a day to prevent bad breath and oral infections. Additionally, it is important to keep the dog's ears clean, especially if your dog has a floppy ear, fold over the ear type situation. Like a spaniel. Like a spaniel. Mm -hmm. Also clean ears once a week to prevent odor and infections, but ask your veterinarian to show you how to do that. Great advice, Dr. Fleck. Anything else? That's all the Flex facts for the week. Great information, Dr. Fleck, about how to deal with smelly dogs. Stink around. Oops, I mean stick around. <laughs> More of the pet buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the week. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. I love two things, sports and my dog Chester. Where I go, he goes. To the beach, to play soccer, everywhere. We spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. As you know, the show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, I love starting. I love to talk about pet products. And so let's get this segment started off with the question. Are you worried about your beloved pet at night and frustrated by not being able to find a light up collar or loop that doesn't fit his or her neck? So I found, get this, a cuttable bright dog safety collar that can cut down the worry by giving you some peace of mind at night when your dog is out going to the bathroom in the yard or beside you for walks. Check this out. It's called the B scene. That's B S-E-E-N, LED collar, provides much needed assurance by lighting up your pup's neck so that you always know where they are. Most importantly, you can actually cut the collar according to his neck size. So check out the Be Seen LED collar for $14.97 on Amazon. I'm going to post some pictures so you guys can see it. But I've just been told our next guest is on the line. So I know you've heard the news. Two thieves shot Lady Gaga's dog walker and stole two of the pop star's three French bulldogs. One dog got away from the squirmish as a result of this dreaded, just most horrible incident. The pop star offered $500,000 reward for the return of her two 
dogs. Gaga's dog walker, Ryan Fisher, is recovering nicely. He's out of danger now. And the one and a woman found the two dogs in an alley and she turned them into a local California police station. Last reports, the case is still pending. The story is fantastic to hear. You know, it's a great celebrity story. But the real issue is dog napping. And can it happen to you? Kind of happened to us, didn't it? Sure. And our next guest is going to talk about how to protect your dog from dog napping. So joining us today is Tom Sharp, the president and CEO of AKC Reunite, the American Kennel Club's Lost Pet Recovery Service. Tom, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me on. So how common is dog napping? We would say that it's still rare, but we have seen an uptick in stolen pets in the last couple of years. So why are people stealing dogs? Are they stealing them for themselves? Are they stealing them for dog? I mean, what's going on? Great question. And we see a couple of different things happening. One, people steal dogs to resell them, uh, especially on, it be, it's very easy on social media to put a dog up for sale somewhere and just get some cash out of it. Often we hear about people stealing dogs to give a dog to their children because they can't afford to buy the dog that they want. And then sadly, we see a lot of pets stolen during domestic disputes. You know, one, one partner takes it from the other and the rightful owner has knows where it is, but can't get it back without help from the police or attorneys. You know, Tom, what amazes me is in, in practice with all the new puppies, and I see a ton of them, uh, most of the time in before, you know, they were adopting them and it was free, maybe the cost of surgery or something. Now, when they go with the backyard breeders or somebody that's not a breeder of, of purebreds at all, and, and they're, they're selling dogs for two and $3,000, now you can see why they're stealing them. It's awful. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people can't afford that, but they still want to, you know, provide that pet to their family. The kids really want a Frenchie. They really want a Yorkie. And unfortunately, people make bad decisions. Now, are there certain breeds of dog, I guess, more advantageous for dog nappers to steal? We see a lot of Frenchies, Yorkies, and Shih Tzus are stolen. We also have a lot of what you would expect, Labs, German Shepherd Dogs, a lot of Siberian Huskies are reported stolen. But part of that is they're some of the most popular breeds also. So we, we see higher numbers, we think, just because there's so many more of them out there. But some that we see more, more of in relation to how many are actually enrolled with us, the Frenchies are way up there. And Yorkies and Shih Tzus, they're small. It's easy to pick one up and put it in your car and drive away real quick. It's not always as easy with a German Shepherd Dog or a Lab. <laughs> they might bite you. <laughs> yeah. Question, Dr. yeah. Flack. So other than shooting the, the dog walker and, and stealing the dogs, how else do thieves go about stealing dogs? And what do they do after they steal them? Yeah. And I just have to acknowledge that that case with Lady Gaga's dogs and the dog walker is, is really extreme and terrible. And, and we certainly wish the, the best for the, the dog walker. I mean, he, he shouldn't have been put in that situation. Usually what we see are something like someone is taking an unattended pet out of a front yard or a backyard. You know, a lot of people will take their, especially little toy dogs who don't run away. They'll put them on the front stoop in the morning um, and then close the door because it's cold and let them exercise and then open the door in 10 minutes. 
and the dog is gone. And sometimes it's because it was stolen. Someone sees a dog just walking in the front yard and they'll take them. Or they see it left outside all day long, maybe in, in a fenced in backyard, and someone will open the fence and take the dog. We see that a lot more than actually some, like a mugging on the street, which is what happened with Lady Gaga's dogs. So I guess I really want our audience to know what's the best way to protect their dogs from dog nappers? That's a great question. Obviously, we're going to recommend that you microchip the dog. That doesn't keep it from being stolen, but it means if you find your dog, like when you go and confront that person or maybe go with the police, you can have that microchip scanned and prove absolutely it's your dog. It's not just your word against theirs that, hey, that white Bichon is mine. It's not your white Bichon. And then as far as prevention goes, you know, using a fenced in backyard for your dog would be better maybe than an invisible fence or just letting them out where they're sort of loose in the front yard. Obviously, keeping your your pets under watch and having a security system. You know, everybody's got the Nest cameras and the Ring cameras now where you can keep a watch on what's happening in, in, in and around your house. So that doesn't necessarily stop someone, but it would tell you what happened and, and maybe help you find the uh, pet nappers. Good advice. Another way to use that ring. It really is. Thank you for technology. Yes, as well as locks on the gates. Locks on the, I mean, I had to put locks on my gates, but. Good, good point about the, uh, the, the artificial fence. I don't think people are are zapped when they come through those, that fence, do they? No, because I think they have to wear the collar. They have to be wearing the collar, right? So it doesn't really protect your pet from a dog napper at all. So, and you can go up and take that collar off and then take the dog. Oh yeah, that too. Sure. 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 Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, Tom, Lady Gaga offered half a million dollar reward. I mean, we all can't do that. So do you think offering a large reward is a good idea or a bad idea? In her case, again, it was a very extreme case where they know the pets were stolen and it was during a, a violent felony act. And like you said, she has the resources to do that. And most people do not. We worry about putting rewards out for pets that you're really opening up yourself to scammers. Unfortunately, that's the that's the world we live in. And we do hear that if you put a reward out, say $500, then people will call you saying that they have your dog, trying to give you a different dog or just take your money and string you along, and maybe they have nothing to do with your dog at all. So certainly it can be an effective way to get your dog back, but there's major risks of just getting ripped off and people trying to do a bait and switch, which is really sad. That makes sense because we had that experience with with the own dog. Yeah, with our dog. Uh, Dog got out and we put up a we put up a reward to somebody who also lost the dog and used the same Facebook page that we did to get it back and then cut the dog's ears. So the dog was almost not recognizable. So well, the dog back. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. This information is really very helpful. Invaluable. It's totally, totally invaluable. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, just to remind you all, we're ta- we were talking with Tom Sharp, the president and CEO of AKC Reunite, the American Kennel Club's lost pet prevention uh, recovery service. To learn more about Tom Sharp and the AKC Reunite, 
visit akcreunite.org. Okay, stay with us. We'll be right back. listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck we love to communicate with you via social media use the pet buzz social media channels on twitter and facebook to make a comment or ask a question post a picture of your pet on instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality you can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com for more information about our show our guests and our buzzworthy freebies visit us at thepetbuzz.com What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban and, and country. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So, I want to start out this segment by talking about some more thought provoking information. I'm going to talk about a recent catastrophe that ended up with a happy ending. So the Royal Thai Navy and Coast Guard responded to the site of a sinking fishing boat off the coast of the southern end of Thailand. So after eight crew members had already been rescued, Navy sailors were investigating the cause of the sinking and uh, sinking ship when they noticed cats were still on board the sinking vessel. Right. Mm -hmm. Which was almost vertical in the water. Mm. And nearly submerged after a capsize. So, you know, thinking Titanic in the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So photos showed one of the sailors wearing a life vest and swimming out to retrieve the cats, giving the animals a ride to safety as they clung to his shoulders. Other sailors pulled a rope to help carry him in and bring the cats on board, you know, the, the rescue ship. And rescuers now are caring for the cats at the base on the island of Colipe. And additional photos. Uh, of the Royal Thai Navy were shared on Facebook. Now, this is what I really love. They were shared on Facebook, sewing these soldiers, these Navy guys, drying the cats with towels and sitting at a table with big bowls of cat food, feeding them. I mean, what a great bonding exercise. They save and then they help maintain and and give the cats love. I love I love that. Well, great human interest. Right. The Navy posted the cat pics on Facebook. And you know how many Facebook uh Likes they got how many 15,000 likes <laughs> and thousands of comments praising the sailors actions. So all I can say about this. Yes. Catastrophe is that it's catastrophic mm-hmm. ending. Just mm-hmm. love it. Wonderful you know? play on words. Yes, exactly. 
So let's get ready for our next guest. Well, you guys know, I hate to think about it, but tax time is almost here. It's literally right around the corner. And while the IRS won't let you claim your fur babies as dependents, I know people have tried to get away with that in the past. Some of them have gotten caught. They're generally considered a personal expense. Pets can still fetch you some extra tax breaks in some very specific cases. So joining us today to talk about pet tax breaks is Edwin Plotz, head of growth for policy. So Edwin, thank you so much for joining us here on the Pet Buzz. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlotte. So curious, pet-related tax deductions only apply to specific situations. What are they generally associated with? Yeah, so for one, always check with a local tax professional, but generally speaking, those situations might be things like you have a service animal or a working animal a performance animal. There's even some instances where if you're fostering, there could be a charitable case um, and potentially moving expenses if you're moving for your job could could also relate here. Okay. So that's good to know. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions that pertain to some of the things that you talked about. Okay. So based on specific situations, what pet-related expenses can a pet owner able to write off? I mean, can pets be considered a medical expense? And can you discuss the requirements in order to write off pet-related expenses? So potentially a few costs that you might be able to write off could include veterinary care, food necessities, pet supplies, uh, even training, grooming, and boarding, potentially. Wow. that's That would be great. And so many people have dogs that are working or performance or things like that. But let's talk about medical expenses in terms of a person needing a service dog, like maybe a veteran. Are those the cases that you can write off your dog in that case, if you have a seeing eye dog or a guide dog? or Potentially. Uh, definitely check with your local tax professional, mm-hmm. but those are the instances where this could very well relate. Yeah. So it's always a good idea to talk to your tax professional, tell them what your dog does and give them an idea, of course, of the type of expenses that you're spending every year. Okay. So working dogs, let's talk about working dogs. Cause a lot of people, you mentioned performance dogs and working dogs. So why don't you talk about working dogs first? What's a working dog? And then what, what are you using that for? So a working dog might be something like you live on a farm and it's used to herd, you know, cattle or something, mm-hmm. or in another instance, perhaps a working dog is like a canine unit where it's like has an active job that assists with your uh, with a career. Sure. Like, for example, I know a lot of policemen uh, who work in the canine units take their dogs home. So I, I guess under those circumstances, they would feed and groom and then provide medical care for their dog. I mean, Dr. Fleck, who's usually here with me, uh, works with our town and some of the uh, police dogs in our town. So and then the officers usually pay the medical expenses. And I assume they turn them in to the police uh, force. OK, so or a guard dog, if you're using a guard, to, you know, a dog to guard your property. Potentially. Yeah. OK. You know, it's been such an interesting year with covid and a lot of people have adopted pets. But we also have found that a lot of people have fostered pets. So let's talk about the expenses that they can write off. Sure. So potentially there, it would be along the lines of gas. If you're driving your foster animal to the vet here and there, Um, if you're paying for certain food items or supplies, a lot of times the nonprofit that you're working with for the foster will cover a bunch of those things. But for the expenses that they're not covering, as long as they're handled while you're actively engaging in that charitable work, those Uh could be eligible. 
And a lot of times people don't even want to ask the foster, especially this, the way things are going now. A lot of nonprofits have been suffering with COVID. So a lot of people might want to just pick up the tab and then I guess look to being able to write it off. So that's another thing because a lot of people who do have foster dogs, you know, put out the outlay for the for the money. They 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 use the they use quote unquote the bones to pay for that foster dog. Okay, you know, and this was really I was so happy to read your article, which of course we're going to put on uh, our social media channels, so everyone can read that because I think it's a great blog post and it's so pertinent this time of the year as people are kind of balancing getting that stimulus check to what money what little money they made or didn't make. Um, this year, you know, in light of COVID-19, so many people have moved out of large cities. I mean, it's almost impossible to get a U-Haul these days. And if you do, they're ridiculously expensive. Can pet owners deduct pet related moving expenses? Yes. And again, I think it would relate to if you're moving due to work and your pet is required uh, in that instance. So less around, I just want to move. But if you are potentially moving or you're forced to move for a work position, then having, you know, your pet is part of the package deal. And that could then fall under, under those guidelines as an eligible write-off. So last question, talk to us about policy. What's that? Yeah, happy to. So Policy Advisor is a pet insurance marketplace. Um, we really are dedicated to helping pet owners navigate pet health budgeting and financing um, which is part of where this research around tax deductions came. Um, but we, as as a as a website, we're basically almost like um, almost like the price line for pet insurance, where you would go to our website, you can compare various quotes. Um, what's really cool though is actually we match you to the right pet insurance plan from a top provider based on the specifics in your breed, because there is no one size fits all, and there's fine print amongst all these things. We're able to uncover that for you then match you for the right one to make sure that your breed specific health conditions are appropriately covered and that you have the best lifetime value. And that's really key. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's really key. So I think that's awesome. And uh, we appreciate you, you being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. Everyone, that was Edwin Plotz joining us from Policy. To learn more about Edwin and Policy, visit the Policy blog at policy. That's P-A-W-L-I-C-Y dot com. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. So, you know, Dr. Fleck, it's like what I always say. It's always too soon to wrap the show. Incredible show today, too. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? Dog directed speech, Mm -hmm. International Women's Month. And the latest in cat news. So we want to give special thanks to our guests, Colleen Rowland, Tom Sharp, and Edwin Plotz. And of course, we always have to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Especially with smelly, smelly skin and coat, like we talked about. Right. And you know what? If you go on EpiPet and you use the code, the pet buzz, you're going to get a 25% discount. Use the code, the pet buzz, 25% discount. And that is a good deal. That's a great deal. So if you have any questions, write to us at team at petbuzz.com. We'll try to cover it next week on the show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels, as well as 
your favorite streaming channel, which could be Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and listen to the Link Podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember that we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.